The Old Testament lesson comes from the 43rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, verses 1 to 7. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of, end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke, and Jesus is now a grown man. He has come to John to be baptized. John has been preaching a sermon about what we should do to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Messiah. And John is truly a fire and brimstone preacher. Let us listen to God's word. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts whether John might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, of grace and mercy, of challenge, of call and claim, 
Sometimes it feels to us as if we are overwhelmed by the floods and that we are consumed by the fires. We need a word of grace. We need a word of courage. We need to know, O oh God, that you are with us. And so come to us now by your word and spirit and speak to us each that which we need to hear. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In 1825, a massive forest fire roared through New Brunswick, Canada. It burned land at a mile a minute, and it raged for 10 hours, destroying nearly 8,000 acres. The Great Miramachi Fire. The poet Joanne Dobson writes of her grandmother's great-grandmother, who was a young girl just 17, with her child of six weeks, alone at the time in her cabin where she lived in the woods. She smelled the smoke, heard the roar, grabbed her child and ran to the river. There was no time for shoes. She waded in while the sharp stones cut her feet. It was waist deep where she stood for hours in the current while the trees blazed and smoke and embers rained down and she saved her child. God is like that, says Isaiah. God loves us that much. Through fire and through water, God is with us. John the baptizer came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. God was angry, John said. The day was coming when John would judge the nations and the people, and there would be condemnation for the sinners and salvation for the righteous. John warned people to repent of their wrongdoings, to give up stealing, to give away one coat if they had two and share their clothing and their food with the poor. The Messiah was coming, and he would gather those who were good and burn the worthless chaff in an unquenchable fire. Well, of course, people rushed to be baptized. And baptism today seems far less dramatic. We celebrate the outpouring of God's love. We celebrate the giving of God's Holy Spirit that is always with us, but we celebrate it at that moment. We celebrate that God's Spirit leads us in the ways of life. We celebrate the adoption of a new family member. When adoption is so hard, God gives us new children, new sisters and brothers in our family of faith. 
we celebrate that we belong to God no matter what. We belong to God. And we are freed from sin and forgiven. And sometimes when we baptize an infant or a child, we stumble over this forgiveness of sin, for we cannot conceive of what sin a child may have committed. At least not those under the age of two. I am often asked if Presbyterians believe in the concept of original sin, generally understood as that fateful moment when Eve bit the apple and gave it to Adam. Sin got tangled with sex and has become to mean that we are sinful simply by being born. I was conceived in sin. Indeed, I have been a sinner from my birth, so says the psalmist. John Calvin had a doctrine of total depravity, that there was nothing in us but depravity, and we were freed from that only by the pure grace of God. Presbyterians over the years have given up total depravity and the tangling of sex and sin. And yet, we believe in an original sin that is akin to disobedience, a proclivity to turn from the ways of God. And more than that, more than any individual sin, we believe that we are born into the sins of the world. We are born into poverty, not as one of the poor so much, but into a world where some have much and many have very little. We are born into systems of exploitation where we buy clothes or toys for our children and grandchildren when they are so often made by someone else's children. We are born into a world of doping scandals and climate change and gun violence. And so when we come, especially with the baptism of children, we often think of baptism sort of like the flu vaccine. Baptism acts as a kind of inoculation against sin and makes us or our child less vulnerable to temptation. It helps them keep out of trouble or protects from danger from the sins of others or lessen the impact when we are in trouble or in danger. And finally, at last, that this baptism reminds us of our eternal life that we have in God. And while the flu vaccine is protective of 90% of the viruses out there, it is only 64% effective. We need more than an inoculation to get sin. We still sin. We still live in a world of sin. We need a broader and deeper concept. 
Jesus did not pick up a winnowing fork to save the righteous and burn the sinners. Jesus was far more likely to burn the righteous and save the sinners. Does that, is that what I said? Did I say he would not save the righteous and burn the sinners, but burn the righteous and save the sinners? Yes? Thank you. Maybe we just needed to hear that one more time. It is often hard for people to tell whether Jesus was a righteous person or a sinner. He ate with sinners and was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. It may be especially confusing when Jesus gets in line to be baptized in a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Sin is a given, but so is forgiveness. We sin, and we are forgiven, and we sin again, and we are forgiven. Or more rightly, we are forgiven, and we are loved, and yet we turn away, and we are loved and loved again, and called again, and we turn away. We need more than simply forgiveness. What we need is repentance. And repentance is not feeling remorse for the wrong that we have done, as so much we often think that it is, or feeling guilty for the ways in which we perpetuate the world's brokenness or break it ourselves. Rebaptism of repentance starts from the place of forgiveness and acceptance. For the greater reality is not that we are human, tarnished by original sin, but instead that we are part of God's creation. The creation that God said is good. We are good. We are people of original blessing. And God loves us, regardless of who we are and whether or not we sin and when we sin, whatever we do. God's love for us is the starting place. And when we are baptized, we are washed of sin, but even more so washed of fear. Fear of punishment from God. Fear of making mistakes fear of not being good enough, or fear of being alone. Baptism washes away that fear so that we can turn again to God, always, always turn again and again towards God's kingdom. Another image of the meaning of repentance is going beyond the mind that we have, not only turning, but going beyond the ways in which we have been enculturated into the world into which we have been born, into the world's fears and prejudices, into the world's violence that has shaped who we are. We are called to see the world in a new way, in the way of Jesus. 
We are called to return to the loving arms of God and go beyond where we are to a new reality characterized by God's justice and God's love. I turn again to that image of the river and the fire. We are the infant held in God's arms as God rushes with us, covering with us with the damp cloths and standing with us and holding us in the river, in the midst of the fire. And God is also the infant. And we are called to be the ones who reach in with God and with all of God's children and grab a hold and run to the river and stand as brave and courageous people in that love of God even as the fire burns around us. I have seen people going beyond the minds that they have in learning new perspectives as we have waded into the waters or the fire of same-sex marriage. We have been challenged to go beyond the mind that we have, whatever mind that we have. We have been challenged to see this from various points of view, from different people's perspectives, so that we can understand the fear and the hurt. And we can all go beyond the mind that we have, first of all, hearing one another with respect and love. And I have seen the courage of baptism in those who have come forth, sometimes in the midst of fire to speak against gun violence. And I have seen those in that fire who are going beyond the mind that they have again those who are against and those who are for seeking to understand and travel a new path, not against, but together. I have seen the courage of baptism in those who have faced suffering. and trusted in the loving arms of God, and even death. And I have seen the courageous spirit of baptism in those who walk beside the grieving or the troubled or who those who are in the midst of death finally returning home. God. Jesus was not afraid to enter 
the world's sin. He was not afraid to stand in the raging river, and he was certainly not afraid of walking through the fire. But he did so with us and for us, and when he did, he heard echoes of the voice of God saying to him, I have called you by name, and I am with you. When you walk through the fires, you will not be consumed, and the flood shall not overwhelm you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In fire and water, I am with you. You are precious in my sight, and I love you. Amen.